We continue our 40-day journey to the cross, 40 days of passion in Matthew 1:21. But first, what is the passion? When we refer to the passion, we refer to the roughly week's worth of events and circumstances leading up to Jesus' death, leading up to his crucifixion. And the word passion has to do with suffering. And Jesus predicted that he would suffer many things. We see that he suffered abandonment and loneliness, rejection and mocking, ultimately great pain and death. But why? Why did Jesus suffer these things? The Gospel of John begins its passion account with these words in chapter 13. He now showed them the full extent of his love. It was the great love of the Father, the great love of the Son that he has for us that propelled him into the week of passion. In our scripture for today, we're going to jump back in time, even before Jesus was born, and see that his purpose was known and his purpose was clear. It's in Matthew 1, 21. This is an angel appearing to Joseph. And the angel says, She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. This is a verse of scripture that if it was all we had, if somehow we had lost the rest of Scripture and had just this verse, we would have so much. Because here we see the central and most important message of all of God's Word coming to pass. The prophet Isaiah foretold the virgin would give birth in Isaiah 7. Also that a child would be born, a son would be given in Isaiah 9. But going back even further to Genesis chapter 3, the Lord said, that the seed of woman would crush the head of the serpent. From the beginning, it was Jesus, the first and the last. Now, normally it seems we would have, it would have made more sense for God to say this to the man, Adam's seed, Adam's offspring, but he says this to the woman's seed. Why? Well, it seems to further emphasize what Isaiah would prophesy, prophesy later, the virgin birth. In fact, that's why we have our scripture for today in Matthew 1, 21. Mary was with child, and her fiancé Joseph knew that it wasn't his child, so he planned to quietly divorce her. But the angel shows up to reassure him that the baby in her womb was the work of the Holy Spirit and that Mary would give birth to a son. And this wasn't just any birth. How many millions and billions of babies had been born to this point in human history? To the world, it would seem as just another baby being born, not even a significant birth by any means. This seed of woman wouldn't be born in a palace of to nobles or born on some high mountain with flashes of lightning. He would be born in a stable, presented to lowly shepherds. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is smaller than all seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. Jesus told this parable in Matthew 13, verse 31 through 32. And our verse today in 121 encapsulates this kingdom seed. This seemingly small, insignificant birth would become our everything. The King of kings and the Lord of lords was on the way. You will name him Jesus. Jesus. 
Philippians 2, 9-11 Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. God gave him the name Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he will save his people from their sins. The name gives, the name represents his purpose, to seek and save the lost. Yeshua, in Hebrew, it means Jehovah is salvation. The Lord saves. The arrival of the Son is the arrival of God's gift of salvation for all mankind. There had been another man named Yeshua. It was Joshua, the successor of Moses. Joshua brought the people out of the wilderness from Moses' caretaking into the promised land. Jesus, our Yeshua, came to lead mankind out from the caretaking of the law, the old covenant, and into the promise of salvation through faith, the new covenant. John 1.17, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. His birth, this birth, would bring about rebirth and new life for many. From this verse, we can draw the powerful conclusion, this wonderful truth. Jesus saves. As the angel assured Joseph that day, be assured and reassured today by this central truth of Scripture. Jesus saves. Carry it with you. Repeat it often. We should center our lives on this. Jesus saves. Jesus saves gives us identity and a firm place to stand. No matter where you've, where you've been or what you've done or what you've gone through, Jesus saves. No matter what you're facing today or will face in days to come, Jesus saves. In this truth, there is great purpose, an anthem to declare to all the world, a precious treasure to carry with us wherever we go to whomever we find. Jesus saves. May this be the theme of our lives, the song of our hearts. I want to leave you today with the words of this hymn from the prolific writer Fanny Crosby. It says this, My song shall be of Jesus. His mercy crowns my days. He fills my cup with blessings and tunes my heart to praise. My song shall be of Jesus, the precious Lamb of God, who gave himself my ransom and bought me with his blood. My song shall be of Jesus when sitting at his feet I call to mind his goodness in meditation sweet. My song shall be of Jesus, whatever ill betide. I'll sing the grace that saves me and keeps me at his side. My song shall be of Jesus while pressing on my way to reach the blissful kingdom of pure and perfect day. And when my soul shall enter that realm of splendor fair, a song of praise to Jesus, I'll sing forever there. <laughs>